very great danger uh, from the pollution that's coming down over us. And we've been led astray by the military-industrial dangerous chemicals over us from Is planes. the government experimenting with our that's weather? The question at the heart of a phenomenon called chemtrails is a term referred to the visible attention. trail left by aircraft Millions in the sky. Millions of tons of toxic poisons released by planes as part of the United States military conducted The government is up there in airplanes spraying all kinds of chemicals to change or manipulate the weather, leaving what you see there, and they call that a chemtrail. Geoengineering. They say it's poison in the sky. High levels of these chemicals in our rain and soil. Using to spray chemicals into the atmosphere to manipulate And that's why health department records show a sharp increase in barium and aluminum in California's water supply. We shall propose further cooperative efforts between all the nations in weather prediction and eventually in weather control. 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 Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern-day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Hey, Conspiracy Kyle here. If you like this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It greatly helps out the show, and it's much appreciated. Also, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Conspiracy underscore Kyle, and that's Conspiracy with a K. Also, follow me on YouTube at Conspiracy Kyle, once again, with a K. And also, now you can find me on the Rockfin Network at rockfin.com with new exclusive content. Now on to the show. All right. Well, welcome to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and my guest with me today is Matt Landman, the director of the uh, Frankenskies documentary. And the um, what's your official title with with Spiro? Um, found founder or owner or CEO? I guess there's <laughs> you could give it any of those. I, I would imagine, or you can actually. <laughs> I do it all, really. So um, sales <laughs> representative. No, I guess I would be the owner. Okay. And um, the the exact title it's it's Spiro. Um, gosh. S P E R O is a yes. Latin word for hope, and it's got okay. actually a few websites. Spiro Gear um, is the Instagram and the website, but then that forwards to SparrowProtectionClothing.com. Sparrow Protection Clothing is like the main website, but I've got a few that forward over there, like Sparrow Apparel. I kind of nerded <laughs> out and got all these little, because um, Sparrow Protection Clothing is kind of a mouthful. So Sparrow Gear is the Instagram <laughs> handle. And yeah, yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> all right. So yeah, so here, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me say, say it again here. So uh, you're the you you directed the Frank and Skies documentary, which is which is brilliant. I think everybody needs to go take a look at that. And the owner, CEO, everything of Spiro Protection Clothing. So so thanks for taking the time to join me. How's how's your day going so far? 
Yeah, it's been interesting day, interesting full moon energy. I saw the moon this morning when I was up at like uh, seven and eight a.m. The full moon was still up, and um, I don't know. I think whenever the full moon like is up and then goes down, the energy is kind of weird and hectic for the day. It's been an interesting day. Oh yeah, uh, it's been weird energy today because of the full moon. I think, but it always is when the moon is. Uh, full or when I mean I've noticed it at least you know people are kind of on edge but overall I'm doing great seasons are changing where do you live where are you located I'm in southern I, Oregon you're in southern Oregon I'm in uh, I'm in northeast Ohio so cool. okay. we actually yeah, speaking of weather we had a lot of you know tornado warnings and things today in the sky just you know <clears throat> ever since I you know uh, found out about you and some of the stuff you you're into in your documentaries and stuff you know I look at the I've been looking at the sky a whole lot more and there's so much going on all the time. Like, like there was very low clouds uh, this evening. Um, you know, obviously just those streaks of, you know, whatever through the sky all the time. Um, so yeah, a lot of crazy weather going on here, here today. Uh, you, you mentioned about the moon earlier. Right? Some people have been mentioning um, recently that they've been noticing the moon has been out a lot longer than the normal. I think people have noticed it even like in the afternoon sometimes. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, the moon is a story. Um, firstly, I can concur with what you're saying about the weirdness in the sky and the clouds being lower. This morning I was, I was counting like 10 different crazy looking chemtrails, like zapped line ones and popcorn looking ones. They're all together in the sunrise. It was something else. For the moon, the moon, I've always, I, so, so before I woke up to anything, even before 9-11, when I was a punk kid, like drinking uh, 40s and stuff, you know, like, like blue bowl 40s and like I smoked cigarettes and I was like a punk kid, but I still had a bone to pick with the moon because it didn't make sense. And I would talk about it with my friends and they never wanted to hear anything about what I had to say about the moon. But I was into photography. So this is my little premise, and we'll talk about the moon. I was into photography, and um, these supermoons started coming out. And I lived near Washington, D.C. I grew up in northern Virginia. I went to Virginia Tech, and then I migrated to the West Coast and ended up in northern California, waking up to chemtrails and, and whatnot. So either way, growing up as a teen and whatnot, I was into photography. And when the supermoons started coming out, I was photographing them like rising over the Lincoln Memorial in DC or the you know Washington Monument or the Capitol building or whatever like you know these cool events because the supermoons were like a new thing and now they're kind of commonplace which is interesting too but either way I was wondering why the moon was so big on the horizon sometimes you know when it's rising the full moon is like wow it's huge and you're like whoa look how big the moon is right it's not so so either way the official explanation is that it's an optical illusion and that your mind is playing tricks on you. Um, it's called the Ponzo. Wow, I, I, I always forget this, but either, either way I'm remembering it, it's the Ponzo effect, P-O-N-Z-O. And it's basically our mind thinks that it's bigger because it's on the horizon, so we see it as bigger. And then as it gets higher in the sky, we see it as smaller because it's further away from the horizon, but it's really just an optical illusion in our brain. We, it's no it's no bigger looking, they say, at any time. You know, it's always the same size, the same distance, basically, relatively, based on us being a sphere and the moon being a, a satellite up there and whatnot. So either way, I take a photo with my camera, my 35 millimeter camera, 
it fills up the frame, you know, fraction of the frame, let's say a quarter of the frame of the image, one quarter, one fourth of the frame of the image. And it's a big moon. Okay, I don't change any settings on my camera. Later on in the evening, a few hours later, I, you know, I snap a photo of the moon, it's way smaller and it's, it's not, it doesn't, not even close to a quarter of the frame. I haven't changed any settings. So don't tell me it's an optical illusion. It's also tricking my camera. There's something up there. And that was like, I started looking at the moon a long, long, long time ago. To answer your question, I think people are waking up, bro, all levels of waking up. And part of really waking up, you know, seeing like, wow, she's full of it, whatever, Kim Charles are real, oh my God. And blah, 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 blah. That's like, that's like some of it's kindergarten level, but looking at the astrology and watching the stuff for yourself and being like, wait, was that, a, was that like that the whole time? Because that's not making that much sense anymore, right. you know? Right. And what do you mean the backside never shows itself and all this and, and the lies start getting, you know, deeper and deeper. And, and then they, they show us drones on, I mean, like literally helicopter drones on Mars after they told us the whole time that Mars doesn't even have an atmosphere. There would be no lift. It doesn't even make any sense. Like they're feeding us lies to make us even dumb, dumb and dumber, like idiocracy, if you haven't seen that movie, you know? And what are we going to do with it? Probably wake up even faster. So I've been looking at the moon more myself. Is it different than before? Is it out more than it was before? That's really hard, but I'm really seeing the, the moon out a lot more during the day than I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good question. And, and, the, and, I'm, and people are talking about it, but also like I'm watching things and I'm wondering like, how is the astrology the same as it was thousands of years ago if all of these things are going on that they say and why doesn't the north star move if we're doing all these motions and all this stuff and like there's questions that start to come up that i think that all of the lies that they're feeding us about um the nonsense with all the jab and all this stuff and all the division they're trying to create it's actually a big distraction from looking up and and you look up you see the chemtrails for sure and you start to really wake up if you can wake up the chemtrails full on you can basically wake up to anything. It's a nice like gateway drug or whatever to the truth. You know, the rabbit hole, you're so deep in there with just chemtrails. It's a great opportunity to go on that frequency of truth and, you know, uh, ride that vibration to other truths. But the sky, uh, aside from the chemtrails, with the astrology and the moon especially, the moon especially, it's, there's something else, there's something up. And I think it's around more, if you, to ask me, I, I would just say off the cuff, I think it is around more and I think it's closer than it was, you know, all these super moons are more common, more common, more common. And I mean, it's like blasting sometimes like it, the full moon is just like, boom, like this. So yeah, it's so bright. It's so bright sometimes, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, and intuitively it doesn't seem like to me that it's reflected sunlight. It has opposite properties of it if you do the research opposite properties like direct opposite it's a right cooling light like just look and see what it does to um, mold and fungus how how would mold and fungus react to moonlight so favorite like so welcomely it would it loves it and it thrives in moonlight mold and fungus grows in moonlight but then in even light uh, even non-direct sunlight light sunlight sunlight kills mold and fungus so how does it, it flip its properties on organisms, you know, on Earth and what have you? There's a lot of examples of that. But if you look into the moon, you can really start to, you know, question the controlled dialogue of what we're told and 
question the narrative of really it's two companies, Hollywood and NASA, two corporations, mm -hmm. essentially, Hollywood and NASA. You know, and if you look at that and realize the control that they've had over the, I mean, it gets really deep. If you think about space and all this stuff and Kubrick's film, 2001 Space Odyssey, that movie came out before we'd even gone into space. So he's showing us what space looks like before we've gone up there. How did that even make sense? It's, it's like <laughs> the programming machine is so strong that we don't even think twice and it's ingrained in us. I'm not a, a rocket scientist. I can't think about that. You know, I'm compartmentalized. and I can only think about this one thing and I leave it to the experts. And that's how we're, they're getting away with all this nonsense right now with this, you know, common cold going around or whatever that they're trying to <laughs> the whole world about, you know, it's crazy. Right. But anyways, you said that you, um, I'm sorry, where, what part of the country did you say that you're in again? Uh, Ohio. So, so Northeast Ohio, close to Cleveland area. That's cool. And is there a lot of freedom there for like going into the grocery stores without a mask? Oh, oh yeah. Probably, probably quite a bit more than probably what you're experiencing over there on the, in, in Oregon, I'm sure, you know, it's, it, it's pretty free. I mean, there's a, a few places that, that, that want you to wear a mask. A lot of them will have a sign on the door that says, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you should wear a mask, but, but nobody cares. N nobody, I mean, but, but the, the sad part about that is that even without the mandate, you still see so many people masked up, which is, is a little frustrating to me that people are, are getting really um, Stockholm syndromed to this whole new way of living. And, it, and it's unfortunate. I think, you know, maybe some people think it helps them, you know, wh whatever, but, you know, I think it's just, uh, it, yeah, but as, as far as your, your question, yeah, a lot of, a lot of freedom um, in, in most places, I would say probably what's your situation up there. I'm, I'm sure it's a lot different than what we have over here. It's unreal, bro. And um, the Midwest seems like one of the safer spots. And I'm making a lot of friends in the Midwest going on different shows talking about, uh, you know, talking with you and, and other uh, podcast hosts and whatnot. And a lot of them, a lot of cool people tend to be like, um, like Chance at Interverse, my buddy, he's in mm -hmm. Missouri. And then I just went on um, a show with another gentleman in, in the Midwest. Oh, I, well, either way, I'm not very good with all the names right now and, and where everyone's located. But there are a lot of uh, like like-minded thinking people around there as well. So it's interesting to see it all unravel, especially like California is basically going, becoming, you know, hell. I mean, like literally, like the whole agenda is unraveling there. And like I saw a headline that just in and out burger, like one of the only headlines of someone bucking the system in San Francisco was in and out burger saying, no, we're not going to ask people for their vaccine cards. You know, it's like right. generally you have to show your vaccine card to operate in San Francisco. Now it was just Berkeley. Now it's the city of San Francisco. And I'm glad that that chapter of my life is, is over. I'm in Oregon, which pockets of our Oregon are where I'm at. It's not, I mean, in Ashland, Oregon, it's, complete Nazi town, but then next door to neighboring towns, it's totally different. They're, they're called Trump supporters, which means they value freedom evidently. And it's no one would dare say a word if you go in the grocery store with your face out. Here, it's a war zone. And I've been accosted and it's been, it's, it's like literally I'm like dodging landmines and like planning my route when I go in the grocery store and I'm not obeying the rules and they serve me anyways, you know, but I'm, 
I'm, I'm very much a minority with my face out and being bold and all that stuff. It's crazy. It's, it's really weird, but yeah, here we are. We're, we're deep into it. We were given, um, let's say two months. So they get, let us take our faces out for two months. Mm -hmm. and, and then they said, um, to a lot of people, like you have to get the jab or you'll have to put the mask back on or whatever. So a lot of people were like baited into that. And then as a marketing technique, it seemed, and then they said, okay, everyone's got to put the mask on. And, and before I did, I wore the mask to go to my co-op and eat healthy and stuff like that. And I just kind of like, I didn't want to do it, but it seemed like I had no choice. But after having my face out, it was yeah, totally can't go back. different, dude. And I feel like a lot of people are in this mindset of it's just like, no, 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 wait, no, wait, another variant. You, you told me it was okay. Now it was like summer. It was summer. It was July 1st. And they said, put it back on. And I know people that bowed to that were, are going to be subservient for life, but I definitely yeah. did not. And I was like, no way, man. I mean, like, like, like if I really need to go, like we have dispensaries here, dude, like I can go like get like good butt if I want. And, but I got to put a freaking face mask, like a, I mean, I don't do the mask. I don't do that. That's like this crazy, um, seems like a freaking like satanic like, ritual. To put like a slavery thing. type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I will do the gator if I have to have to like get some herb or go on a plane or whatever. I have a, the gator, which is like a, do you know what a gator is? Is it a thing you just pull up? Yeah. It goes over your throat. It's like there, it's like a skiing thing. And yeah, you just pull it up and it's not like the two things. Like I just, I can't stand that thing. But aside from that, like, I've, I've been really good. I've been really, but then I went to Portland, which is like, oh man, let me oh just boy. tell you a little yeah. Portland story. Oof. So I went there last weekend for this, um, this expo I was supposed to have my uh, clothing at. Well, I did, but it was a total bust because nobody came because of COVID. And so the people that did come are like totally scared and they're not trying to empower themselves with truth of like silver clothing, like wearing masks and wigged out and whatever it's like nobody everybody wants to be a victim it seems but the city of portland so oregon one year ago when biden was getting elected oregon voted on legalizing or quote decriminalizing everybody likes to correct me on the word decriminalizing versus legalizing it's the same thing in my world but the they legalized drugs all drugs so portland the big biggest major city in oregon in the past few years especially the past one year it's like, oh, it is insane on the city street, on the sidewalks out front of Starbucks, on the, star, on the sidewalks out front of people's nice condos, on the normal sidewalk where there would never, ever be allowed homeless homes or like tents. There's literally shanty towns being put up with like nails and sticks and stuff and tents and people doing drugs and selling drugs on the street. And they've gotten somehow so confused with agenda number one. Black Lives Matter, agenda number two, defund the police, and agenda number three is the, this, this whole convid nonsense where they somehow like busted up homeless camps and told them they had to come into the city so they weren't spreading their diseases. And then people are coming to Portland on buses from other cities knowing that they can sell drugs because there's no in law enforcement. There's literally no cops. I didn't see cops. All I saw was crazy crazy craziness i won't ever go back to the city that that city in particular and i grew up in dc and i've been to ohio and i'm not i'm not i'm not saying like i don't know what it's like to be in the hood and stuff but this was insane it was like <laughs> being in tijuana where where i've been and there's like shanties and it's like completely like blown away third world stuff you know so 
and and everyone's completely bugged out about the masks in that city. You can't do anything. Everyone's like totally staring at you if your face is out, which mine was. But you know, I mean, and then right. now five G there. It's it's and, and you so you can sell drugs as long as you have your mask on. You know, you can sell meth as long as you got the mask on. It's it's okay. Yeah, makes makes a lot of sense. Oh my yeah, gosh, it's yeah, something, it's something else. What's happening to this country? But I think ultimately the game plan is to divide us, is to completely divide us, to divide us on all these topics, all these distractions to get us to fight each other, essentially. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, like, like the writings on the wall and a lot of these issues. And I mean, I got played. I don't know if you got a little excited about the election, but this whole even when the like, even though I don't trust the media, the media was like, Trump's not going to leave. Trump's not going to leave. There's going to be a civil war. And like people went and bought guns and like I got all excited about that thing too. But now everyone's armed, right? Like why do they do that, right? Why? There's I, I start to think that they're probably looking to try to get us to fight each other even if it yeah. has to be like a false flag to initiate that. And that's not cool, you know? So how do we like come together even though I think people are dumb if they get the jab? It's, it's just like that's kind of the name of the game right now that I'm trying to, to, to look at. And then also, um, I'd like to ask you, what do you think of the moon? Have you looked into it? Like, do, do you know, like, let me just say one thing and then I'll pass the mic to you. I've yeah. tried to talk to people about the moon, especially, and no offense, I love women and everything, but they, but a lot of women get really um, hung up on the moon because it helps, it, it, it dictates their cycles some, oftentimes. And they're, they're really pressed on like, it's like a goddess energy and it's really, it's like that, that, that it's a, it is what it is, it's a, sort of a sphere rock but it's powerful and I shouldn't question it. And I'm so rude for questioning it. And they get offended whenever I try to question it. And even when I bring up that it doesn't, we don't see the other side, the cognitive dissonance kicks in and people will insist that they, that we do see the other side, that it rotates and it changes. And they won't even look at the fact that it doesn't. It's just, we only see this one side always, you know, that doesn't right. really, that doesn't really bode well with the whole scenario that everything's spinning and spinning and spinning and blasting through space and stuff like I know they say it's locked in orbit, facing us, just facing us, just facing us. But it wouldn't be like that all over the world. Like we would catch a little glimpse of the other side, especially if we could shoot satellites around it. The photos that come back that they say are photos are so whack. I mean, what do you think about awful? That? What do you think about so we, you know, I, I guess a few things. So um, I don't know if you're into Star Wars or not, but I talk about a lot of Star Wars on my podcast and. You know, you think about the original Star Wars with with this the Death Star, right? Totally. And as they're approaching the Death Star, they they call it a they they call it a moon. They're like, no, that's not a moon. That's a space station. So I, I think about that line sometimes. You know, like you mentioned about Hollywood putting these little nuggets of of truth hidden in fiction. Is is there something to the moon being uh, some type of space station satellite? Possibly, right? That's that's one theory I have. And then the other theory is that was it. Was it um, inhabitable for humans many years ago? Um, and now we're here on Earth. Those are kind of the two things. And I have no really proof or documentation. But like those are just the two things I think about when, when, looking, when looking at the moon. I, I always I joke around like, oh, hey, everybody, you see the moon? It's the old, it's the old Earth right there. And you're like, oh, you're stupid. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. But those are kind of my two things. It's like maybe some kind of space station or was priorly in, inhabited by us or other people or i guess the the third thing could be that it it really is a complete optical illusion like other things that we see 
just some type of projection. That's kind of the the three things that I've I've thought about, and I have no evidence one way or the other. But it, it's really something interesting to think about because there's so many, like you said, there's so many questions about it, and so many people have so many polarizing ideas about what they think it does or or doesn't do. It's it's a it's just utterly fascinating to me. You know what just clicked all of a sudden? Um, before I forget, when you said that they may have disclosed that it's a space station in Star Wars, I remembered the movie Spaceballs. And if you've seen it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the movie Spaceballs, they have the vacuum and they've sucked Earth. <laughs> and, I re- and it just, they do. the vacuum is a metaphor for the vacuum of space. Right? Yes. And so yeah. There's, big, there's this big question for me because I mean, I'm not getting labeled. I'm not a flat earther or whatever. I like to kind of question the official narrative and definitely NASA lies. I know that. I know that for sure. And from that, you know, a lot of stuff comes unraveling and what have you. But the, the vacuum of space idea, which I just learned, I'm reading some books on Wilhelm Reich and he was pretty awesome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the 60s, he was 60, pardon me, when he got jailed by the um, federal government, he, he was killed in jail. But he said that the vacuum of space is that's absolute idiocracy. Like that doesn't make any sense that there's a vacuum of space. So if you start to learn like the second law of thermodynamics um, for gas, like gas, like oxygen or gas, like any gas, like helium or any gas, for gas to, to, to level out in a gradient, meaning it's like dense and then less dense and then less dense if you don't know what a gradient is, for gas to be in a gradient, it has to be under pressure. And for pressure to exist, it has to have a lid, right? You can't just have no lid and still have pressure for gas to be in the gradient. And people will argue, oh no, it's gravity and what have you. But no, like gas, gravity or not, gas has to have a lid to be under a, in a gradient and it has to be under pressure, right? So the, the, the ozone being just like some ball of, I mean, some like layer of, a fireball or whatever like they show in uh, NASA and Hollywood. It doesn't really make sense for the idea of the vacuum of space. And then the vacuum metaphor with the, la- the lady vacuuming out the oxygen of the earth in the, in the um, movie. Yeah. It kind of seemed like a weird disclosure thing all of a sudden to me. Like it's jokingly telling us like vacuum, like you would have to, because they, they open up the doors of like the lid, like the, the of because you would need a lid. It would have to be some sort of dome, like realm kind of like thing between the two if there was a vacuum. And so in the movie, they open it up and then put the vacuum on top and then suck out the oxygen because that would be the only thing that would make more sense than what we're told. So so that's interesting that we're both on the same kick with the moon. And I bet you a lot more people are looking at it and wondering like, okay, if so much motion is going on, all this movement, then how is the moon just crossing the sky with it being crescent or whatever in the daytime and then if there's so much motion going on how is that happening without our supposed shadow changing because that crescent is supposedly like the the dark part of it is because of our shadow right our shadow is making that and somehow like slowly our shadow covers it and that's what a new moon is Right, but is that not an eclipse? Because that makes sense that that would be an eclipse with our us getting in the way and completely blocking it out. But that's like all of that. It, it doesn't really make that much sense that the no, it doesn't curve <laughs> makes the crescent move. Like that's a curve of the Earth that makes the crescent. You know, the curve of the Earth is making this perfect shadow 
it starts to, yeah. So as we wake up to all these other lies, we're like, wait, what is that one doing? I think is really what's going on with that. But we can talk and then about it. Oh, go yeah. Ahead, yeah. And then uh, last thing on the moon before we get to, you know, some of the chemtrails and the Frankenskies and stuff, you know, it, it is interesting. You know, the other thing you see in movies about the moon is the whole werewolf thing, right? You know, full moon, these people turn into werewolves. So, so that's, a, that's a situation where, the moon is affecting things negatively. Like, like you mentioned, some people have talked about, you know, the moons and, and cycles and things, and it, it helps and, and this and that, like controls the tides, right? That's the other thing that they, they talk about, which who knows, but, but the, the negative effect is this whole werewolf thing is by looking at the moon, these people turn into hideous creatures. So there's that aspect. And then, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of moon worship too. So there's just a lot of almost like a cult uh, about the moon and either you know in the movies it can turn somebody into a monster people are praying you know talking about the moon it's it just there's so many things man mm -hmm. maybe it polarizes this realm because we're, we are in a seemingly duality also the word lunacy lunatic um there are statistics that show that crime rates go up on the full moon and when it lands on like halloween or whatever and they, yeah they do they worship the, the bad dudes worship the moon. It's interesting. And sometimes they chemtrail the crap out of it, which is interesting too. Why would they want to block that energy from us sometimes? You know, maybe the moon ha has like the down low codes similar to the sun and both of those being disrupted with chemtrails is part of their um, disrupting our kind of spiritual tr uh, progression, transgression, like downloads that we are, you know, I don't know what's going on exactly with the chemtrails because there's a lot of layers of it. Mm -hmm. um, the introductory layer is like they're controlling the weather, but then also right. they want to they want to dim the sun. They're publicly saying they're going to dim the sun. Bill Gates wants to lead the way, dimming the sun, with this project in Sweden um, this coming June, uh, 2022. And if that successfully happens, they're going to um, do it publicly all the time, uh, dimming the sun with geoengineering, aka chemtrails, aluminum out of jets hazing over the sky. And that will create the greenhouse effect they claim is actually going on. And then it'll keep them doing it even more. And then there's all this talk of climate change lockdowns. Now they want to do that. The lockdown idea to help climate change is somehow these two things are meshing, merging right before our eyes. And I don't know what, how we can stop it through, I mean, firstly awareness, you know, but at least I'll talk about it in Frankenstein's 2, my next movie that I'm working on. But I'd like to think that there would be a point where people, just like how people are saying no to like putting on the, the diaper on their face, maybe they'll say no to like the next round of, of uh, staying in your home because we say that, you know, it's your fault that, that what the planet's heating up is what they're trying to say, I guess. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, or they're blaming everything on it. So it's like fires and hurricanes and tornadoes and all that. It's all our fault. So we may as well get our punishment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, so let's talk about the um, the Frankenskies documentary from from a few years ago. I, I was watching earlier, and it's 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 great stuff. It's very it's very fascinating. And um, you know, one one thing I'll say is that you know when you talk about the geoengineering, when you talk about the different topics, I guess in quote unquote the conspiracy world, right? There's always these um, one or two things that are kind of like the poster boy for this specific topic. So for example, when you talk about um, mind control, things like that. Everybody goes back to like the project MK ultra, right. That was going on like in the fifties. When you talk about the geoengineering people, you know, the big thing people talk about is, you know, harp, 
right? But but what I'm coming to find out through the documentary is that the, the harp uh, situation and what they're doing up there, that's a fairly new phenomenon that, you know, it was really surprising when I was watching this of all the military operations that were going on, you know, back to the, to the 1920s. So uh, if you could um, talk a little bit about, about the documentary um, and, and some of these operations for, for people that may not be, be aware of it. Yeah, so Frankenstein's the movie released in 2017 is a historical chronological timeline of aerosol injections, basically, but it starts with weather modification history, but that turns into more. I mean, when they start dosing St. Louis with radioactive cadmium to see how many children will die, the U.S. Air Force is, you know, utilizing chemtrails in a way that's not modifying the weather. And now with the Bill Gates um, trying to dim the sun to save us from global warming, climate change, that's not just weather engineering too. But we've got footage from the 20s, okay? So the film starts off in the 20s and goes through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. By the time you're in the 60s in the, in the Vietnam War, uh, Project Popeye, they're flooding the, the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And actually after that, the United Nations came together and banned weather warfare as an act of war. Because if we all started attacking each other with the weather, it, it'd go totally crazy. But to really sink your teeth into it, um, it's important to understand that in 1915, might have been 1914, a hundred years ago, 1915, Professor Hatfield, okay? So Hatfield was hired in San Diego, um, when San Diego was becoming a big city, to help alleviate the drought. And he thought that he could, he made it rain with just spraying um, this dust in the atmosphere of chemicals um, to oncoming clouds. And so the concept of cloud seeding um, was created then, all right, 1915. So seeding clouds, which is, it should be common knowledge. And it was like 30 years ago, I looked at old newspapers, people knew all about it via the newspapers and the vernacular and the books and what have you a while ago before the internet even came out, but now not, not at all. People don't understand that drought could just be totally alleviated even with technology now with like lasers and what we don't even, what not, we don't even need clouds going by. But cloud seeding is spraying little dust particles, basically seeds in the atmosphere and then water builds up on the seeds, the little dust particles and it falls and makes rain. So um, people use, um, they used to use dry ice. In the movie, you see the US Air Force sharpening their tools and learning how to do it with dry ice, which dry ice is frozen carbon dioxide. So the US Air Force is dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to mess with hurricanes and all this stuff. And it's gotta make you think, you know, you know <laughs> they're, they're saying that if they say that that's a bad thing and they're not even telling us that that's what they're doing, then the foot's in their mouth with their footage. You know, I'm showing their footage with no voiceover or anything. I'm not even telling people how to uh, perceive the information or anything. Like yeah, and, that. and that's one thing I will say that I, I appreciate most about it is it's, you know, you, you, like you said, there are a lot of documentaries that are a, a lot of points, points of views and things brought in, but you're just saying like, listen, this is what they are specifically saying. These are the news clips. These are, this is the military talking about all this kind of stuff. So you can't, you can't, you can't, people can't discredit it. You know, I, I think that's, I think that was a great approach. And they learned how to bust up hurricanes, you know, and they spray on our forest, it's fire accelerants and make wind storms on top of fires. They know how to um, alleviate drought. They know how to cause drought. 
these these things are very obvious tools in their tool belt. Um, power plants out here that are on rivers, like hydroelectric power plants, they'll sneak it in the back of the newspaper. We're going to seed these power plants and fill up our reservoirs and and seed these clouds. Seed seed these seed. We're going to seed clouds. They publicly tell people. Uh, you go to ski resorts like Vail or anywhere in the Rockies or whatever these places seed clouds as they come by, make it snow on their resort. It's kind of common knowledge still, but we can't get past that. If they could do it so easily, why don't they do it to farmers that are because they want to buy up the farmland? You know, they want right. to. We're under attack. I think World War II never ended. Really, like why would we? Un, why are we under such attack? That's something well, that people can't. Except, right, and I will say too, with you know, like California, you know, you can use this with California too, right? So many fires, so many um, droughts, things like that. Well, why don't they just uh, use all this cloud seeding to fix that? But no, but they they're not because they need to use those droughts as part of their whole climate change initiative. So it's like they use it and don't use it when it when it suits them. Exactly. I live right on the California border. I'm like 10 miles from um, California. I'm just north of it in Oregon. And we had fires rip through here one year ago in September of last year called the Almeda fire. And it, it, de it devastated the community. They still haven't, re we still haven't rebuilt. And um, what it was was crazy winds. And it, to, to me, it seemed like it was all a setup because the fire hydrants were turned off and mm. 20, 2,300 low income homes are destroyed and not rebuilt yet. So 2,300 low-income families are like, you know, what are they doing now? I mean, it's, it's, it was already a housing um, problem here already, you know, at that time. So they're pushing people around, around that they don't want in certain areas. And what will happen is, and what is happening, I don't even have to like extrapolate, what is happening is when there's fires in places more than once, or not even more than once, the government comes in and says, actually, this is a no rebuild zone, even if you own the land, like, sorry, you can't rebuild here. This is a no go zone. And it's part of that. Um, well, it's a land reclamation thing. They claim it. It's like a green initiative. They claim to like rewild, <laughs> but really it's this um, Blade Runner. You seen that one? Yeah. Uh -huh. They want to push people out of certain territories and round them up into cities, into, into the cities. Them into the big yeah. cities and it's a slow agenda like 2050 they want like certain regions to be like no man's land where like yeah. nobody goes and it's, it's kind of crazy and and they push people out of there but how it's psychologically you know like oh no the fires are too bad here you can't live here anymore so yeah they for the when the california fires got all crazy um last year they had 11,000 lightning strikes in um just over a day Right, and it was a, a record, world record. And if you look at the Time magazine, which it's it's hard to describe exactly, but there's a cover of a Time magazine that's a map of the world, and it's on fire. No, Northern California is on fire. Australia is on fire because of these crazy fires, right? But the fires are being lit by these torches out of frame that have hands, you know. And then it says climate change, right? But there's hands lighting the fires, and it says climate change. Like maybe it's trying to say that like we're doing it because if we're driving our SUVs, but really they're kind of saying we're doing it. We're lighting them, the arts and they're lighting these matches. We're making lightning storms and they just use it as an opportunity to say global warming, global warming, global warming. Like this is going to be the, our and the next generation's like biggest obstacle because, and, and the biggest opportunity, the best opportunity for unifying 
and saying F the man and really coming together. Because if they really try to pull off this, like, lock in your home, this is a plan that's heating up too fast. Like, there's literally, uh, the, whole, the whole global warming thing, I wish people could really wake up to this one. But there's not the sea level rise that they claim, like, there's erosion. And there's islands that are experiencing, like, sand wars and what have you. But, I mean, I live near the coast. I know you're in Ohio, but did you know that? Did you know that the, the coastline is exactly as it was? Like, nothing's changing. Zero sea level where right. the marsh, marshes are and all this stuff. Zero sea level does not, has not changed. Maybe if there's a storm, you know, there's, it rains and there's, like, flooding and stuff. But aside from that, it's like people are totally just want to think a certain way. And Al Gore gets on the pedestal. By now, we should all be underwater, according to what he said. Most yeah, and... And I, and you have him in the in the documentary a few times, you know, talking about pushing back against that whole, you know, blocking the sun thing, like you mentioned about Bill Gates, you know, saying that, oh, that's that's crazy talk, you know, and these are all pathological liars. So anytime they open their mouth, you know, they're they're lying. But he goes into this whole diatribe. I think about, well, no, they'd be doing this and this and this, and it's like he he knows all this stuff is going on, but he has to push a certain agenda. And you know, the crazy thing, like you mentioned about how they constantly say. That it's our fault, right? It's our fault for increasing our carbon footprint, this and that. It's like, you know, I, I drive like a Ford Fusion to work the other day and behind where I work is a huge power plant just like emitting like, you know, tons of like gas into the atmosphere. It's like, but, but, but uh, us as individuals, we're the problems, you know, like, come on, we're smarter than that. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, and, and they won't say that we exhale carbon, like it comes out of our mouth all day long. Like that's the biggest field trip in the world. People don't even know the number one greenhouse gas. The thing is, we pass the buck to the specialists and then we don't have to think, right? It, Edward Bernays kind of came up with the, the term. He did trust the specialist, gave him white jackets and coined the term. And it's very smart, very diabolical. He's Sigmund Freud's nephew and he's a marketing genius. You got tobacco, people smoking tobacco, got fluoride in the water, got bacon on the American breakfast plate. And um, he did a couple other evil things. But either way, the compartmentalization of it all, you pass, you pass the buck to someone else and then you, just, you don't even have to think about stuff, right? Like the doctors, the rocket scientists, the GMO foods. Every last bit of it, it's just like, oh, I, I can just be uh, this little this little peasant in the system is cogging the wheel and then I don't have to think and snapping people out of that's kind of like our, our, our plight. Like that's what it's going to have to be. Cause are these neighbors of ours, these people on our block down the street and around us, our neighbors are, I mean, our school uh, mates or like our, these people that are alumni friends, like these people that we grew up with and what have you, we have to somehow, um, keep them on our side even though right. the vision is getting so crazy you know like in the hardest vanity the, right yeah in the hard the hardest thing is that for a lot of people to understand is that a lot of these agendas that are pushed whether it's climate change whether it's you know um blm or equality inclusion all this kind of stuff they they term all these things in a way to make it sound like they're doing something helpful you know so 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 that whenever you push back against it you're you instantly look like you're in the wrong because it's like well why would you be against black lives matter why would you be against fighting climate change you know this is all this is all to help us but as as you and i know and so many other people are, are understanding 
most of the evils that have been gone on in our world were under the premise of helping people. You know, um, in, in Star Wars, before he takes power, the emperor says, I want to make a, a safe and secure society for everybody right before he you know, becomes like the biggest dictator in the world. You know, in, in Hitler, the same way, he had this grand plan for reforming Germany and it was all to, to help everybody and you know, you know, secure their children's futures and this and that. So people just need to realize all these agendas, they are marketed to be a benefit to us. But unless you look a little bit deeper behind some of that you know, mainstream news propaganda, you're not gonna. You're not gonna realize that all of it is is for our our debt. It, it's it's for their betterment and our detriment. And it's and it goes with with any agenda. Perfect example is the administration of fluoride to our tap water. The fluoride comes out of a container that has a skull and crossbones on it, but you can't touch it. You can't touch it or you die. You literally, <laughs> if you touch it, you die. So it's got to get super duper diluted. And it's a byproduct of smelting aluminum. It's a toxic waste byproduct, a neurotoxin classified with lead, classified neurotoxin. Like even thinking that it going by your teeth and going into your gut does anything good for your teeth is total gaslighting. Like you're like they're gaslighting us saying, oh, it's good for your teeth. It's good for your teeth. Putting while it says poison on the container and they're dumping it in our drink water, it's good for your teeth. It's good for your teeth. Like imagine that in like any other metaphor you could come up with. Like I'd be jailed if I tried to pull something like that off. Like it's, it's insane. And that's just one of the little pieces of the puzzle, you know, like, like nine 11, but Oh, the terrorists that we gotta, we gotta protect you. We gotta protect you. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) You know, like we didn't need protection until you did that. You know, it's just right. It's just give up a little bit more, just give up a few more freedoms and we'll be able to fight the bad guys. That's all it is. It's like, you just have to give in a little bit, right? You just have to wear the mask. It's just two weeks. It's just this. And it's like giving this continual false hope that so many people buy into. Well, the false hope, I've been thinking about that a lot too. And it, it breaks people. Eventually people break. It's kind of part of like uh, a torture. If you torture people or whatever, you can break anybody systematically. They know how. They've just they've uh, researched the minds of the general population. They've got mind control devices in almost everyone's pockets, and they are systematically breaking us. I think, like mm-hmm. people that are being told, like right now, like oh, just just do this. It'll be okay. They're in a trance by now. They've heard it so many times that literally they're just like, oh, I guess it's okay, I guess. Like, it's almost over, right? It's like, come on, how long has it been? And -hmm. it really depends on where you were on the litmus test of awakeness, seemingly, before all of this. A lot of people, I'm not trying to toot my own horn because there's any sort of seed you can plant in the past. The the soil is so fertile right now, the metaphorical seed could surely burst into life now that there's so much weird darkness going on. So those truth bombs that we've been planning for years, like hats off to everybody. But Frankenskies, people have contacted me and been like, hey Matt, if I didn't watch Frankenskies back in 2017, there's no way I would have like looked at this and been like, this is BS you guys, like it's total BS because the orchestrated lie in our skies makes us start to realize all these other lies and 
see the writing on the wall and all these other issues, you know, if they can do that right in front of everyone's face and have everyone so controlled on that and not even look at it like it's something, and what else could they possibly pull off, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so a little bit with the weather modification, let's talk a little bit about, about heart. I know that's one of the things that people love, love talking about. That's like I said, that's kind of like the poster board for the whole geoengineering, you know, uh, I, I know a little bit about it. I know, you know, a lot about it, but for, for everybody listening, can you give us a little bit of the background of, of harp and, and kind of where it, what the genesis of that was and kind of what it is now and kind of what potential it has to do to us in the environment. So, yes, we're surrounded by radio waves, and um, some of them are really big and some of them are really small. Really small radio waves, known as microwaves, are used to uh, microwave food um, in a microwave oven. And that technology is they're taking two radio waves and intersecting them. So they're smashing into each other. And it's something that's in between there, like um, your microwave meal or whatever, it gets heated up because of the intersecting um, radio waves, aka microwaves. So just a little uh, introduction there of how that goes down. So you can do that also with Tesla's technology in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So when Tesla got his work taken, just like Wilhelm Reich, who we uh, talked about a little bit briefly earlier, Tesla stuff went straight to the CIA and they started really uh, extrapolating on his research and they went black ops and the development of this antenna array um, came from the research, the, the impetus of te Tesla's, some of Tesla's research. I mean, he had so much stuff, but some of it led to the creation of HARP, H-A-A-R-P, which is an acronym for highly active auroral research program, something like that. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is these antennas in Alaska. And it's like this huge field, bigger than a football field. And they have this grid of these antennas that are about 40 feet tall. So imagine like a 40 foot tall antenna that looks kind of like um, the bunny ears that you put on your uh, old TV, but more intricate, like a weird antenna thing, not like a cell tower, but like an antenna. And then um, imagine a grid of those, the size of a football field or even bigger. And they're all 40 foot tall. And they, they're basically shooting radio waves up at the sky at a focal point in the atmosphere. So they can pick a focal point in the atmosphere um, in layers of the atmosphere. So the atmosphere is layered. Uh, there's like a thermosphere, stratosphere, ionosphere. And um, a lot of weather patterns move through the ionosphere, the, the jet stream, also known the at, as the atmospheric river. The jet stream, it crosses the Pacific Ocean and then comes the mouth of the atmospheric river, the mouth of the jet stream hits the Pacific Northwest, brings annual moisture there, and it comes across the whole United States. And that's like a river in the ionosphere. So if you can manipulate the ionosphere, which is what they chose to do, especially with HARP, um, you can control uh, weather patterns or what have you. So what they did with this antenna array is you can, from Alaska, they can pick anywhere on Earth because these radio waves can travel super far and they pick a focal point in the atmosphere. Um, it can be like a square mile or 100 square miles or 100 square feet, but they pick a focal point in the atmosphere, a point in the atmosphere that they've chosen, chosen in the ionosphere, and they shoot their heart signal at it, and there's intersecting radio waves that heat that portion of the atmosphere. So by heating a portion of the upper atmosphere, you can create a draft that goes up, 
you can make hurricanes and make tornadoes and make high pressure systems, high pressure walls and high pressure systems like clashing into low pressure systems, create thunderstorms and whatnot. But like a high pressure system can get a, a wall of like no moisture can get in and create heat waves and all this sort of stuff. So then imagine that focal point in the atmosphere also being um, laden with chemtrails. So the layout, different chemtrails, the short trails that people call contrails are actually just chemtrails. The medium trails are chemtrails, long ones are chemtrails, and they're all mixing different chemicals in the atmosphere together. If you start to look at it like that, you'll see it yourself. And then once those chemicals are mixed, that haze, sometimes they'll zap it with the harp station and you see the ripples form, the tight ripples looking like lines in the sky. And that's then heating the um, upper atmosphere for what ends, you know, maybe they're pushing a storm along or creating drought or making heat waves or um, making heating to say, look at the heat rise of global warming or whatever. So that harp technology um, was in the, you can look, see it in the movie Frankenstein, they talk about it. It was passed on to like the university, like the DARPA and these, these black ops uh, government Air Force and whatnot, messing with it to mess with the ionosphere. They talk about it in the movie, in this like congressional hearings. They're passing it on to the university. And so now, um, and it kind of went through the, as a PSYOP, it went through the conspiracy community for a while that HARP had been turned off and dismantled. Yes, because they moved on to like more advanced tech. It's like they can't just right. do it forever. So now they have mobile HARPs and HARPs all over the world, essentially that are smaller. Some of them are called Doppler, Doppler radar and Nexrad. And they say they're predicting the weather, but they're actually creating the weather. It's kind of ironic. And some of them look like these big golf balls and you see them on the hillside somewhere in your state or something. So those, this integrated system that now exists, we will call them ionospheric heaters because they heat the ionosphere. They um, are not just in Alaska, like I said, and then they, manipulate the weather or control the weather almost all of it in my opinion i mean even on days that they're big white fluffy clouds those things are being pushed through with the systems that are being created by all these high pressure systems that are being created by all of these these nextrad and doppler and some of them are mobile like they're on platforms in the ocean and stuff like that um it's it's unreal the progress that they've made especially since 9-11. 9-11, all this stuff went black ops. Congress signs these huge checks all the time. They don't even know where the money's going because everything is so top secret now because of Osama bin Laden or whatever you want to believe. Right. You know, but, but yeah, I hope that I could explain that well. It's kind of hard to sink your teeth into these things. But yeah. It's actually pretty simple at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I kind of make a, a like a, kind of a star wars parallel to that you know going back to talking about the death star you know one of tesla's original ideas which was stolen was this idea of this like directed energy beam right where you could um i don't know all the science behind but but effectively the same thing the death star does it it directs energy like at a certain point and can and can and can blow up or cause whatever kind of chaos you know with the with harp it's, it's doing it almost in like an invisible way right but it's the same kind of concept it, it picks a point and can can cause havoc on that and, and you know i remember back in um so reading some news articles and stuff back when the the earthquakes and stuff happened in haiti that the um oh what's his name the president of venezuela uh, hugo chavez 
came out in the news and was saying, he's like, he's like, he's like, I know what happened here because of whatever the heck is going on up there in, in Alaska. You know, of course, you know, I think within the next few years he died conveniently, but, um, so, so a lot of people uh, talk about that uh, with a lot of these specific, I think even like tsunamis in Japan, you know, I think that was another big one that people have talked about, about with this, but you know, they, they just, they brush the, the mainstream news just brushes under the rug and say, Hey, this is just a crazy, crazy conspiracy theory. This is just the weather. Um, so, and I think that's the hardest part. And you, you'll probably agree is, is trying to talk to people about the, these kind of topics. Um, so, so I guess what is your kind of, thought or approach when talking with people who are interested in this topic but don't know anything about it because if, if you if you frame a conversation about this the wrong way they're going to look at you like you got three heads right or you're, you're like a, a, a crazy reptile person like how do you kind of start framing these these conversations around people who who don't know much about this kind of stuff well, the activist learns to wear many hats, Kyle. I know you know about it, I'm sure. And you got to bite your tongue sometimes and pick your battles and all those mm -hmm. sort of things. But a more eloquent um, way of saying that is meeting people where they're at. So it's like, you're not going to go to your grandma and be like, you know, put these glasses on, you know, some they live stuff and like make mm -hmm. her wake up immediately. You know, you pick your battles with your grandma and you, you tell her about, I don't even know, that this is an interesting metaphor, the grandma thing. But my, you know, you basically have to like see where people are at. And that's the beauty of knowing like your friends, family and peers and your coworkers, because you know them and you can, you can find where they're at and plant those seeds. And, and sometimes it's like in a less fear-based place, they want everything to be in fear. And then in fear, it's very much easily dismantled or it doesn't get you anywhere anyways if they do believe it. So I like to flip it on their head and sometimes and be like, what a beautiful day. Look at this white fluffy clouds. Look at the planes with nothing coming out today. It's interesting why they would have nothing coming out of them when sometimes they do, you know, and bring attention to the beautiful days and the contrast to the other days or whatever it may be. But everybody has like an intro level. I mean, I like to think that I can size people up pretty well. Like I was passing out flyers. I feel like I passed out probably 1 million, but that's probably an exaggeration. But I'll be out on the city or whatever, these different places where I've passed out, especially farmer's markets, I've learned. Vendors at farmer's markets, they all know about chemtrails. I might even just include that in my movie, Franken's Skies 2, is interviewing like 10 vendors and just being like, hey, randomly, hey, you know about chemtrails? They all know about it. They're out on the farm. They see it. They're, they're, they're not even like conspiratorial people. They, they obviously know what's up. So I've like learned that, that um, no matter what, they're going to be pretty cool about it. But I've refined my approach too. I'll just hand them a flyer and say, hey, I made a movie called Frankenskies Online for free. And the last word that comes out of my mouth is either, either free or Frankenskies. And they don't think I'm trying to sell them anything. They take the flyer, they look at the artwork, they flip it over. It's always got to have something on the backside. There's always little things that I've learned. They flip it over. And no matter how amazing the artwork is on the front, if they flip it over and it's white on the back, they're just disappointed. And that's like, that's like the end. It's like, you got to leave them in a positive note, right? So it's like both sides have to have good artwork and hopefully they'll come to the wet site. And like a lot of times it's planting seeds and it depends on really who you're hitting. You know, is it, is it someone you know pretty well? Is it someone that you can be like, hey, please sit down and watch this with me and this documentary or here, have you read this book or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just really sizing up your opponent 
sizing up who you're talking to and finding meeting them on their level. A lot of people, they they are okay with here, watch this or listen to this show and see what you think. And then in the privacy of their own comfort of their own living room, they can pop on your movie, turn it off when they want. You're not hovering, you're not trying to manipulate them or hover over their shoulders and they can like see it on their own terms, you know, like like there's a coffee place that I go to that's cool about me having my face out, but everyone else wears their mask. It's unreal. And the barista, I gave the DVD and I said, watch it on your own terms. Watch it whenever you want. And then one day, maybe, you know, he'll say, I actually, I watched your movie the other day and holy, you know, like I can't (laughs) believe the world's like that is what he'll probably say because I think it's pretty new to him, but only when he's ready, you know, and that's kind of like, where we're at right now, I bet a lot of people are ready to wake the F up right now because of all the stuff that's going on. People are either like losing their jobs or getting in line to get experimented on. You know, a lot of people must be thinking like, I got to open my mind or, or it's too late kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. There's just, there's so many different approaches. And like you said, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, you know? And, and I think uh, one approach that I think helps is, you know, like you said, just kind of asking questions like, well, like, what do you think about this? Why do you think there's, there's nothing? Why do you think this is a completely blue sky today? And then a week ago it was, you know, cl- cloud cover, fog, rain, wind, thunder, like, well, like, why do you think that is? And, you know, if, and that's, you know, some of those things can open up uh, opportunities and stuff. So um, I, I want to know a little bit more about the, um, about your Spiro company with the, with, with the clothing. So uh, tell me a little bit about, about the about the clothing company and kind of um, how you how you got into that uh, idea and kind of what are the, what the benefits are of, of what you guys are doing. So I got into it because we're surrounded by so much radiation that it it was actually impacting me. I was I was being impacted by my smart meter. I had it maybe three feet from my desk where I was at working on Franken skies all the time. And about three feet from my bed, my head, from where I lay my head in my office slash bedroom. So after about four months of being right next to this buzzing smart meter, I started becoming like radioactive, bro. Like, 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 like I, not just being little shocks by things like the phone in my hand was like buzzing my hand and stuff. And like, I felt like I was going to get shocked and I had heart palpitations and I did get a little shock once and like, I couldn't go into the coffee shops anymore. And I actually started literally seeing it for myself, right? So that's how I got into it is I have, to, I'm kind of like that. I have to like have the truck hit me on the street to know that it's there. But now I know that it's there, you know, kind of thing. Um, and, and that's just, that's just me. So, and then once I realized that it was there and how impactful, harmful it could be for like children and whatnot. And then I started the, the word 5G kept buzzing along this was like two years ago 5g just the word just kept coming 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 and then i went to the library and researched what the heck is 5g and then i was like oh man i gotta do something about this like um protect people or whatever and it kind of was like this this like intuitive spiritual journey kind of thinking that i could do it i I never heard that anybody had done it there's like 20 companies out there now i'm pretty much leading the way but i didn't know um that they existed at the time. So I thought I was reinventing the wheel and I heard that you could like use like copper fabric or whatever, but it ended up being silver. Uh, copper doesn't really last or work or it's too conductive too. There's a lot of reasons why you can't use copper. But over in Asia, 
they have a lot of clothing made of steel or silver. The steel is not that comfortable, trust me. But the silver, yeah, is it awesome. doesn't sound very comfortable. <laughs> no, yeah, and but the silver is great, and it protects people their um, wombs when they're pregnant. And men have have um, that with low sperm count start wearing these silver underwear that I sell. I've even got hoodies and beanies and all this stuff, and it's been an amazing progression to see it all unravel. So yes, yeah, Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, it's a Latin word for hope, trying to bring hope to the next generation because it seems like this 5G world is going to be pretty predatory for people that are conceived, born, and raised in it. They might not be able to have children themselves, and it, and it looks to be an attack on fertility along with a lot of other things. The 5G is the... Is the um, I don't want to say nail in the coffin, but it's the thing that ties every bit of it together, right? If you've got the frequency controlled, you can keep those chemtrail particles elevated. If everyone has a 5G phone, then they're all part of this like mesh system creating the the network all around them. And then you can have this like instantaneous, um, well, frequency fences and also uh, self-driving cars and all sorts of stuff, but you can instantly find anyone anywhere and um, ultimately, we're going to want to have some sort of privacy from our biosignatures being tracked everywhere and being told what to do, what have you. And Sparrow is going to be that option. I'm really stoked about being in that place of like innovation and trying to, you know, be more proactive because everything about this war that we're in, and sorry to say it is, is um, it's hard to fight back, but we can through empowerment, through knowledge and truth. And, you know, silver clothing or just awareness. Like once you learn about it and then you're like, oh, well, I don't want to eat glyphosate anymore because it tears away all my minerals and then I'm susceptible to absorbing all the chemtrails and, oh, I don't want fluoride and all my stuff because yati da, and you start to embrace the truth instead of just, what, curling up in a fetal position and being a victim. You know, like we get to have these opportunities to rise above it. And then the sparrow gear is pretty cool because it's like a, it's kind of like people are walking around with information like they spread the truth along by telling people what it is and the need to be protected from this invisible soup of radiation that's increasing all the time all around us kind of thing right yeah so so everybody uh listening it's uh spiroprotectionclothing.com i'm looking on there right now you got all kinds of stuff you got little cell phone cases blankets shirts pants hats all, all kinds of great stuff so if anybody's interested in in checking out um the apparel go to spiritprotectionclothing.com. Uh, so awesome. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you're doing that. I think, I think that's a really great thing to, to help, to help out um, and give people different options. And like you said, just at the very least, it's just information. It's more things to, things to look into. And, you know, I, I, I know some friends that, that have talked to me about, you know, um, taking like silver, like supplements and stuff too, right? Because of all the um, <clears throat> positive, positive stuff that does for your body too. So you know, there you go. You got, you know, internal help, external help, you know, we like, we can use all the help we can, we can get. So, um, so awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're doing this. Um, you talked about Franken skies too. So, so what's, what's your plan for that? What's the development? Is that something still kind of in the hypothetical phase or are you kind of starting active production on that? What's the, what's the deal with Franken skies too? I've got a few interviews in the bag and it's developing right before my eyes kind of thing the whole climate change lockdown agenda is unraveling, but especially this Bill Gates going to dim the sun in June, giving it a date. It was supposed to be last year. And then it's, this will have to be in the movie. And the 
transgression of this will have to be in the movie and hopefully some activism can unravel and put it on hiatus again or bring some awareness to it or something like that. Frankenstein's two, so, so Frankenstein's one went from 1920 to 2017. And the movie I thought was supposed to come out like in 2016 or 2015, and I was getting really upset about the delays and all of the BS that came with it. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty hard to make a, a decent film because it costs a lot of money, but blah, 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 blah. So either way, at the end of the day, there was a little delay and I realized it was so that I could include some of this nonsense when they were actually launching this normalization campaign of geoengineering is what we need. We need to dim the sky with chemtrails. Like this was all a new thing that wasn't going to be able to be in the movie because I was going to come out with it a little too early. So I trust in the, my impatience and I wanted to have Frank's <laughs> guys too done by now, but Bill Gates is going to try to dim the sun in June in, in Sweden, you know, and what, what's going to happen there that needs to be in the film and hopefully it'll be something empowering that we do. Um, the, but, but what, so here's, what will be in the film so far. I've got some great interviews from activists and what have you. And like I said, I'll be hitting these farmers markets and talking to real people and asking them a thing about chemtrails because I think it's really empowering for people to know that they're not alone in the knowledge. You know, if we're all awake together, then we can, you know, bring this collective vibration of like a co-creation, collective consciousness. You know, I think it's all like a consensus consciousness thing, but we don't really realize it. So if we can raise the bar a little bit, maybe we can get less effed with in the, in the long term. But also we've got controlled opposition, Greta. So Greta Thunberg, so I think they moved. So first of all, I went to Tucson and had this big um, protest and conference and concert. Maybe I should include a little bit of that because Bill Gates was trying to dim the sun in Tucson a couple years back. And I went and fought it and we had a great turnout from people all over the world really. And they put it on hiatus because the whole city they didn't learn about chemtrails, but they learned that this experiment of spraying aluminum over Tucson was supposed to happen. And that was going to be um, the launch pad for geoengineering all over the world. And people were, were upset and fighting it. So it was a really cool accomplishment for activism and what have you. But now it's coming in Sweden. So last year it was supposed to happen in Sweden. They're going to go up in a balloon, spray aluminum and say, look, it blocks the sun really good. We're going to do it everywhere all at once to save you from yourselves, global warming and stuff. And, but instead of doing it, Greta came in with the Greenpeace of Sweden and the NASA of Sweden. It's, it's, the thing, it's called controlled opposition. So they're coming in to oppose it, right? And they're becoming like the activists that should be there like us, but we can't even go there because no Americans can go there without the jab. I, think, I don't even think any Americans can still go to Sweden. I'm looking into it. It's like we're on the, the dirty list. So you can't even go to Sweden to fight it. And they're doing it in the northern part of Sweden where the sun doesn't even go down. So they're, they're dimming the sun in the city, Karuna, Sweden, where the sun never goes down. And like, people won't even care about the sun being dimmed there because it's always in their face. Um, well, it's at a time of year where the sun never goes down. Sorry, there's parts of the year where it's in June of next year. So she and Big Oil, mind you, so Exxon and Mobil. So Greta, Big Oil, and Greenpeace, who's always been hijacked and pro-geoengineering, they're the opposition to geoengineering the world. And they're saying, they've put it on one-year delay and the experiment, and they're saying they're opposing it because it needs to be properly governed by the United Nations and the United oh, States. Uh, oh, of course. You got to get the United Nations in there. I can't think of a better organization to be 
to be a part of those other ones. Yeah, and, that, and like you said, it's the controlled opposition is not to oppose it like, like, like you guys and the activists in Tucson. It's not to get it shut down. It's just to have it reorganized in, in a different in a different way. They, st they still want it to happen, but they're framing it in a different context. And fully controlled when it's launched. And in the total uh, consciousness, it was like, Bill Gates is going to block the sun. Oh, no, he's not going to do it anymore. And then when they come out and they say he's going to do it again, like people will be like, oh, he didn't do it last time. Like, whatever. It's part of the, I think it's part of the control. Like, one more year doesn't even matter if they control the opposition. When the opposition is Greta Thunberg, who we know is like, I mean, I hope you know she's she doesn't she's not legit. I think she's a Soros no. uh, clone of Soros. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's something going on there. <laughs> well, uh, Matt, thank you so much for for taking some time to come and, and talk with me. Now, this is this is great. I really like the work you're doing with with the documentary and with the and with Spear. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Where can where can people find you? Where can they interact with you? Um, and and know what you're working on. Yeah, thanks, Kyle, for having me on. Um, it's great to meet, like, you, you seem really, you, uh, you're totally awesome, I can tell. And I love people, like, again, I love people from the Midwest. They've always been real. And I know that, like, freedom over there is is going to be, like, alive and well. Because they don't, like, they see through the, like, people from the Midwest see through a lot of things. Like, they're, like, they're just, I don't know how to, maybe they have more street smarts, you know? Like, when I visited Cleveland, there was, like, drive-bys and stuff. And, like maybe that, that makes people more like aware having that gut instinct. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying like all of Ohio's ghetto. I'm just saying like it's it's interesting to see it all play out because definitely the entire West Coast, more or less, except for when in really rural communities, but the entire West Coast is like completely mind controlled and they're really buying this whole agenda. It's super sad. Please find me on actualactivists.com. Um, That's my website got a lot of truth stuff on there and a daily blog and also frankenskies.com um, which takes you to frankenskiesthemovie.com which i'm putting back together there was a lot of youtube links on there and i lost my youtube channel recently so don't mind the um, it looks like a graveyard but things are getting back on track over there and then if you want to show support for frankenskies i put it on like every platform so it's on like odyssey and BitChute and all sorts of stuff like that and it needs your views it's on vimeo too but um, find it and click thumbs up, please, because when it had all the views on YouTube, that was a lot of momentum for it. And now you know how people are when they see it, it doesn't have any views. They're like, oh, it's not a good documentary. Well, it is and it was. It's just gotten banned and shadow banned and deleted and blood of God. It's actually a really, really important movie to see. Even if you just watch the first 20, 30 minutes, it's eye opening. You can see where it's going with the, how, how much we don't know about what's really happening. Um, on Facebook, I'm Matt Landman. I'm over there with like 55,000 followers and I love dumping awesome memes on everybody and I'm trying not to get banned on there. I'm in <laughs> Facebook jail now for another nine or 10 days, but please befriend me there and um, you can email me at frankenskies at gmail.com and on Instagram, Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear. And yeah, please check out the Sparrow website, even just for a uh, reference point when people are becoming more emf sensitive or they want protection or they want to learn about it or whatever there is something out there that does protect from it but also embrace the knowledge of all the information provided and maybe try to opt out of your smart meter if it's too close to your bedroom or uh, wire your house with an ethernet and get wired instead of wi-fi or at least put your phone on airplane mode or learn, yeah. learn about blue light filters you know you can mitigate the impacts of your 
technology through just a little awareness and empowerment of the truth, you know, and I hope I can come on again sometime soon, Kyle. Absolutely. Yeah, this was a, this was an absolute blast. And, and yeah, speaking of the airplane mode thing, every time I, every night when I go to bed, I put my phone a little bit farther away, put it on airplane mode because you just don't need, like you, like we've been talking about, there's so much going on that we can't affect during the day. The, the things that you can affect, I, I think it's important to make the right, the right decisions about those. So I definitely, and I get a great night's sleep and it doesn't, it doesn't affect me. So definitely I encourage everybody out there, you know, put your phone on airplane mode and just put your phone down sometimes too. Right. I mean, we don't, you know, I'm as guilty as everybody else. We're always on our freaking phones playing and talking, doing this and that, but sometimes it's probably best just to, just to, to put it away, go take a walk outside, go do something. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to having you back on. Cause there's so many different uh, areas we didn't even get to, to get into. I know there's a lot more we could, we could talk about. So thank you so much, Matt. This has been, this has been awesome. Um, we're, we're gonna, we're going to fight this death star the, the best we can. We're not going to let this death star block out our sun here on earth. So uh, Matt, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, this has been another episode of conspiracy in the force with conspiracy Kyle and may the force be with you.